Hi once again friends brothers and sisters. A few weeks ago, about the same time my friend and brother asked me to share a message in our home church, he had preached the night before, as he usually does, but that next day, Sunday we had all previously decided to fast, the Father had already begun to put on my heart the need to eradicate the usage and practice of what we call in English love. More on this in a little bit, most assuredly. In the book of John, chapter 5, verses 4 and 7 have these things to say respectively, For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water, whoever then first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted, the sick man answered him, Jesus, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going another steps down before me. Why did the Spirit of the Living God give me these verses and why have I emphasized certain words in capital letters? Because He wanted to point something out to me and to you that we are not to miss. The Messiah is teaching us. If we hear and listen to His voice, then we can follow Him in this area. John chapter 10 tells us this. The Spirit of the Lord said to me a few years ago, and I have never forgotten it, feed your spirit and starve your flesh. This is the truest sense and purpose of fasting, for us to deny ourselves. It helps us to grow and draw nearer to God Almighty we are more dependent on Him, and we are weak, see Psalm 109:24, spiritually speaking, so that His power can be perfected and made complete in us. This is grace and we need it at every moment of every day. Our Lord also used the scripture about the Samaritan woman at the well, see John 4 7-15, to tell us about His living water. Why is it significant that the waters in the first passages were stirred up? What action do you think of when you hear the word stir? It's not what you think, if you're like most people. The verb here means not to calm, comfort or give peace. No. It means to agitate, to trouble, to disturb. When the Lord Jesus was speaking about living water to the woman I mentioned a moment ago, He was conveying to what we as Christians need to be reminded of, and that is that same water lives within us, in our hearts. The Spirit has been telling me for days that we need to learn to truly love. He wants to trouble, agitate and disturb the waters of our hearts so that we can love as He commands us. Going back to what I alluded to in the opening paragraph, we need to lose the idea and concept and practice of human love. It is an overused word to be sure. Human love is insufficient and impotent when compared to Jesus' love. We say we love God, yet we also say we love a good steak or we love that pair of shoes. Now you see why we need to ditch that word. Therefore, I want us to learn and purpose ourselves, since we no longer live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, to eliminate the human word love from our vocabularies and replace it with the Bible's words for it, has said, in the Old Testament Hebrew, and agape, in the New Testament Greek. The love that springs forth from the heart of man and that which proceeds from the eternal essence of Jesus Christ are two totally different things, and so it does a great injustice to our faith walk and our understanding of our Creator if we use this one English word to comprehend, feel, extend and teach it. There are two words and two components to the Almighty's affection for us, and we mentioned them earlier. Agape is the highest form of love and charity, it is the love of God for man and what should be the love of man for his God it is benevolence, kindness as the state of the heart, and it is goodwill, which is the action that springs forth from that benevolence within, it is enkindled only by Holy Spirit, it embraces the truth and it is seen and expressed through forgiveness. Hesed is the complementary portion of agape, one without the other will not function, and is not the Father's true love which, by the way is the same type that we are commanded to show for God, for one another as believers, and to share with the lost. Hesed is faithful, steadfast, committed, devoted, covenantal loyal, persistent, unconditional and strong, all of this, remember, is based on a decision to show this love, it is not a feeling or emotion. To see this kind of hesed slash agape at work in a real life, practically lived, most certainly not based on feelings or emotions, but by choice and obedience, scenario, 
we only have to look at the Gospel, the life of Jesus Christ the Savior, Redeemer, Sin-Bearer, Messiah, Son of God and Son of Man. But the Hesed slash agape from his heart to a man's heart shown to another can be seen through the life of a lesser-known prophet be the name of Hosea. Remember, we can do nothing without God. The branch apart from the vine can produce no good fruit, so don't idolize the prophet. Worship and give thanks to the one who gave his servant the power and grace to do what he was called to do. Hosea 1 2-3 begins by relating, When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord spoke to Hosea, Go, take for yourself a wife of whoredom, adultery, prostitution, unfaithfulness, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblime, and she conceived and bore a son. Wow! Would you be able to obey this command? Would you want to? Let's read on but, before we do, it is vitally important to grasp by the first few words of this next passage that Gomer, at some point between their marriage and this next portion of their life is revealed and Father God gives this command to Hosea, has been unfaithful to her prophet husband. Hosea 3 1-5 proclaims, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for fifteen shekels of silver and a homer and a leaf each of barley. And I said to her, You must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore, or belong to another man, so will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods, idols. Afterward the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God, and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to His goodness in the latter days. Can you imagine this type of love, hesed slash agape, given from the Lord towards His disobedient, wayward, unloving, rebellious, evil, wicked, selfish children? No. That is why our human concept of love is so out of whack with the fathers and why we should train ourselves to no longer use our word, but rather use hesed slash agape when speaking of the Lord Jesus' affection for us. The Lord doesn't stop there. He is speaking directly to you as an individual, to America as a collective and to the world on an even larger scale. Hosea 413a rebukes but plainly makes his observation of our lives, Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love, and no knowledge of God in the land, there is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery, they, you, break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish. Why again? But isn't it true? We don't even have to look outside our own city, outside our own families or even outside our own lives to see these things at work. We don't follow after the one who made us and sustains us, and we are not grateful to him, yet we do take other lovers to whom we look for gratification and satisfaction. This is adultery. We do cuss and take the Lord's name in vain, think oh my gee, without a thought to his holiness. This is swearing. We speak falsehoods all the time, whether a big one or what we like to dismiss by calling it a little white lie or we do it so often we don't even recognize it anymore. This is lying. Saying we will do something and then not doing it. This, too, is lying. We disobey the Lord's holy and perfect command not to have sexual relations outside of the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman for life. Many, many, many times when we do this, the female gets pregnant. This disrupts the plans of the two participants. They say they are too young to be parents, to get married. They say it will disrupt their aims of furthering their education. They say it will cost too much money. They say they are not prepared for the shame, if there is any, or responsibility that lies ahead. Many, many times, the male disappears from the picture altogether. Finally, 
this sinful decision is made to have what the world likes to call an abortion. It eases the conscience to call it this. This is murder. I am not condemning with hateful speech, I am merely telling the truth, the facts, whenever we take something, anything, that does not belong to us, regardless of how we rationalize or justify it, like change on the ground or from somebody else's car or couch, or pens from work, or being on the clock while doing something the boss would not approve of, or borrowing money from someone and not paying them back, etc. All of these are forms of stealing. And, putting trust in anyone or anything to save you from your sins, good deeds, for example, or loving someone, including yourself, more than Almighty God, or putting someone or something in your life as a higher priority or of higher value than your Creator. This is adultery. We have little or no regard for authority and show it by disregarding the laws written and enforced for the good of our lives and all of societies, we disrespect adults, parents, teachers, employers, police, government and the ultimate authority of God the Father while doing whatever we want. This is breaking all bounds. And some, way more than is imaginable, murder by shooting and killing others, who knows what their motives are. It is in the news weekly. Weekly. This is bloodshed following bloodshed. We are all guilty of one or more, and these just relate to these verses. We haven't even gone to the Ten Commandments. And yet our Creator shows us His great and awesome and totally undeserved hesed slash agape by putting in place a plan to rescue us from ourselves and our self-condemning sinful nature. He did what He required Hosea to do, to love and redeem a world of whores, harlots, prostitutes, and adulterers. Everyone who has ever lived should have the name Gomer written on his or her birth certificate. We need to show hesed slash agape to the Creator and Savior of all mankind and to our fellow men. We can't do this. It is humanly impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Love, hesed and agape do not mean to tolerate, accept and put up with whatever someone says or does, regardless of what many members of our human race would shout at us today. However, we are to be like our Lord when confronting the woman caught in the act of adultery in the New Testament by saying, Neither do I condemn you. But, go and sin no more. John 8:11. We are to be faithful, committed, loyal, persistent, devoted, benevolent, forgiving, enkindled, set aflame, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we should strive to live out these characteristics laid out and delineated for us in 1 Corinthians 13 4-7. Hesed slash agape is patient, Hesed slash agape is kind, Hesed slash agape is not envious, Hesed slash agape does not boast, Hesed slash agape is not arrogant, Hesed slash agape is not rude, Hesed slash agape does not insist on its own way, Hesed slash agape is not irritable, Hesed slash agape is not resentful, Hesed slash agape does not rejoice at wrongdoing, to me, this means that we are not to get happy and proud or self-righteous because we do good while others are evil, Hesed slash agape rejoices with the truth, Hesed slash agape bears all things, Hesed slash agape believes all things, Hesed slash agape hopes all things, Hesed slash agape endures all things, Hesed slash agape never ends. This concept, this lifestyle, this command is not new but the Lord is absolutely proclaiming to the worldwide church that we must allow this lifelong work to be done in our hearts, we must begin today, we must obey, we must yield, we must submit, we must cooperate. This will involve change, this will involve testing, this will involve discipline, this will involve refining and purification but, ultimately, we'll get rid of our flesh, bring us into closer fellowship and intimacy with our great and living God, make us more Christ-like and empower us to live godly lives, and shine His light in us and through us to a lost, dying world. I have started to experience the pains and lows that accompany this process. It is not fun. It is ugly. But the Father has already given me a wonderful pillow to hold tightly, an excellent comforter to wrap myself in and I have clung to it, and will continue to. It is this. Isaiah 41 10, 13. Fear not, for I am with you, 
Be not dismayed, for I am your God, I'll strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand, it is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. How awesome in our times of need, even great need, that our God reaches out to us personally with these verbs, action words, strengthen, help, uphold, help again. I have needed these words of promise and of comfort as He has begun this process of transforming my love into His hesed slash agape. I am so grateful for these. As I said, I will have and will continue to cling to these two verses, 10,13. Let me share something else with you. When I read this portion, I hold your right hand, I kept feeling a little odd as my mind was taking the words and forming a mental picture. You see, for me, since I am right-handed, that hand is usually kept free so that I can use it to write, grab my phone or keys, use my adding machine at work or something else. I was naturally picturing holding my father's hand with my left hand. That would mean that I would have to be standing on his right. This is wrong because that is where Jesus is. It is a very special place and is reserved for him alone, and rightly so. That is not my place. Secondly, when the hand that I usually use and depend upon to do most everything is weak or ineffectual, then it makes perfect sense for that hand to be the one he would hold to strengthen, help and uphold, support, sustain, preserve, protect, keep alive, keep going, nurture, defend, back up, to let someone lean on me. I can already tell this is going to be scripture that will remain a part of me for a long, long time. Praise the Lord! So, please allow this new, to us, and true meaning of love to grab hold of your mind and heart. Let Jesus stir up, agitate, disturb and trouble you until it sticks and becomes part of you. Be ready and willing to take the journey because it will not be a short run or walk, but a trek. His strength, grace, help and divine power are at your side if you want it and will obey. And for the believer who professes Christ, this is not an option. Our Lord bless you and keep you and stir you up.